Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing today? Howdy. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I'm out of my usual front room um, cave doing my uh, podcast records because um, life is re- starting to return to normal. I think I've said that this three or four times uh in the last few reports uh, life yeah. yeah life is starting to return to normal but um the, the the problem being is that it's meant that the front of the house is very loud so i've moved to the back of the house and hoping that uh, it's a little quieter if not a little echoier <laughs> so much adventure so much excitement you're i know right so much fun aren't you mm, well, i'm gonna top you what? You might have moved around your apartment from the front to the back, but I bet you don't have salted egg flavoured potato chips. I can hear that you are um, wafting around a packet of uh, crisps. What is this? Salted egg? Salted egg. I haven't even opened them yet. I saw them the other day. You're going to do them on the podcast? Yeah, this is it. This is it, Pete. This is taste testing (laughs) to the world. There we go. Um, I've got just some Calbee crisps. Um, Calbee, of course, Japan's biggest crisp manufacturer. Uh, they caught mm. my eye just because salted egg is not a flavour I've ever seen Anyone before. Anyone wants. <laughs> ever yeah. wants. There we go. Oh. Initial smell. They smell just like ready salted crisps. And mm. the taste is... Um, bit, bit of ASMR there for, for the listeners. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I don't like them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> really I had high hopes. I'm a very salty person, both metaphorically... Right. And literally, I love salt-flavoured foods. And they're kind of like, imagine ready-salted, just salt-flavoured crisps, where they removed the salt and replaced it with sugar. And that's what it tastes oh, like. Oh, right. So, so they've confused the word egg with sugar there. Uh, that's that's it, interesting. Well, yeah, they've just confused everything. And I, yeah, <laughs> I don't like them. That's really disappointing. It, that was going to be my uh, dinner right here on the podcast right now. <laughs> salted egg crisps. You shouldn't be eating, you shouldn't be eating salted egg crisps for your dinner. Uh, they're, not, um, they're not sponsored by the, uh, the, the unlovable character Gudetama, are they? Because obviously he's yeah, an not. egg man. They've got... I don't know who it is. It's just a little chicken, just a little chicken, no. and and a potato enjoy, with the face of a chicken. It's all a bit enjoy trippy. my my ovum. 
Is it all of them? What's egg? What's the egg? Is it all of them? I can't remember. Um, yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, Chris, could we talk briefly? I've received a couple of messages on uh, Instagram and, and, and on, on Twitter as well about mm. you um, being all over New Zealand's uh, TV channels for some reason. Not only has the government of uh, New Zealand uh, pulled, a, pulled, a, pulled a solid and... and um, you know, worked out some kind of plan for coronavirus. That means there are no new infections and everyone's yes. shaking hands and hugging and enjoying their lives down in New Zealand. Uh, they are being subjected to what can only be described as a Chris-based uh, assault. A Chris-based assault. <laughs> Chris-based assault? Chris-based. No. Yeah, a few weeks ago, there was a podcast. We talked, apparently I'd been on New Zealand television somewhere. The only thing better than coronavirus no longer being a thing in New Zealand is mm. appearing on New Zealand TV, having me pop up, apparently. But we didn't know why, did we? Um, but luckily, Kimberly, the girl who uh, who brought it up, has actually followed it up. She says, hello again, Chris and Pete. After listening to the most recent podcast, I can assure you that the reason you're on a TV ad is not because it's Jake Gyllenhaal, but it's actually for your cat documentary, Cat Nation. And I thoroughly support the whole of New Zealand being advertised with your face and your work. Cheers for answering the question, Kimberly from New Zealand. So <laughs> I don't know if you remember four years ago, I did this documentary about cats in Japan. And Not really. I presented it. <laughs> and then, you know, I've, we've got on about it for a few times, but it just keeps popping up <laughs> in random places. Like I, someone from Sweden messaged me last year and they were like, oh, your documentary's on Swedish television. And then a few months after that, I think uh, Poland, it came up in Poland, just pops up in random places. Even on Emirates, the uh, airline, you can watch Cat Nation, this cat documentary, while you're flying to Dubai and back. So it's cool. I did. I presented it like over a one to, I think it was about a week or two back in May 2016. Then I forgot about it. And then it just pops up every now and then. And now <laughs> four years later, it's doing the runs on New Zealand television. How awesome is that? But it is creepy. You never know where your face is going to appear. What do you no, exactly. Well, well people seem to see... Then. People seem sort of uh, kind of willing to use any bit of YouTube. They think it's, you know, fair use. It uh, doesn't kind of transcend boundaries. <laughs> well, no, this, <laughs> the, is, no uh... this is an actual documentary I did. Did I not tell you about that? Oh, this? right. I, I, you told me about I think you mentioned it in the past, but I can't recall. You weren't listening. You weren't I don't listening know to me why, boasting. I don't know why, I don't know why you would be wandering around um, doing a documentary about cats. I just, I, I just... I'm not the ideal person, really. Basically, an uh, Australian chap, a uh, filmmaker from Australia, came to Japan and wanted to make a documentary about Japan's kind of wacky, crazy mm. cat culture and figured that I would be good because I do YouTube. And, I mean, I, I, I didn't think I was the best fit for it, but I went along with it. And I think it went well. Um, I mean, I'm not really – I do like cats, but I have a mild allergy. So I was a bit <laughs> – like, the whole time mm. I'd stroke a cat and then I'd like run out of shot and wash my hands. But we went to some pretty bizarre places and then we wrapped up filming and that was it. And then, yeah, two years later, it just pops up everywhere. I think he must have sold it to just TV stations across the world. So he's done a great job selling it. And who knows where it might pop up next. So, oh, I mean, I mean, come on, like, who doesn't love Cats and Chris together at last? If only it was Cats, Crisp and, and, and Chris. Cats, Chris and Crisps. That's Cats, what I like. Chris and Salted egg flavored crisps, brilliant. Yeah, it's the perfect exactly. way to uh, to do anything. Oh man, but I've been getting up early recently. I've been training. Um, You've been to training get up early in the morning. What time do you get up in the morning? 
Um, under lockdown, it's been a disgusting um, half past nine. Um, but under normal kind of January, February, March circumstances, I've been trying to get up at around about eight o'clock. Um, not always achieved it, but um, yeah, I've been trying to get up around about nine, uh, eight or nine. Eight or nine. See, I get up, mm. I mean, I hate to admit it, but I do get up at like 10, 10.30 often. Just yeah, because you're really my... and you drink too much coffee. I do drink a lot of coffee, but also my editing schedule goes into the night. You know, you just find as a yeah. like a YouTuber or a filmmaker, or whatever, um, that you edit like early into the morning. Um, mm. But I'm currently working on a series that I've been wanting to do for years, but had to be put on hold earlier this year because of the bloody virus. Um, I wanted, I've got a few friends that are entrepreneurs and business owners, and I want to do a series like what it's like to own an XYZ in Japan. Like I did one mm. last year on the Love Hotel with the monkey guy doing monkey bars sounded like he was having sex or something um (laughs) i want to go and i kind of want to do that but with various things and the first one i'm working on i've got two first one is um what it's like to own a sushi restaurant the next one is what it's like to own a wagyu restaurant i know both the owners Mm. they're they're kind of friends and we're going to spend some time with each one but uh the first one the sushi restaurant because we've got to go to the fish market i've got to get up at 5 a.m pete 5 a.m. Oh, no, get 5 a.m. Get those white wellies that every I visited a fish market once when I was working on on a breakfast show back in the day on XFL. We went to we had we every Friday we'd have a guy on, um, and he Roger Barton his name was, and he mm. would review fish. Um, he would talk about fish every single Friday, fish Fridays, <laughs> uh, and he'd tell you which fr- fish to have and. Half of the stuff he said was absolute nonsense. Uh, he was frequently uh, in trouble um, financially because uh, he would sell crab meat out of date and, and, the, and the people oh. would uh, come down like a ton of bricks on him uh, down at Billingsgate Fish Market. And uh, yeah, we, we, we got up for a um, one of the final um, outside broadcasts we did uh, under the uh, breakfast mm. show um, thing. We, we went down to Billingsgate and that was really early in the morning. I mean, I was on a breakfast show anyway, but I had to get up even earlier uh, to make sure uh, that uh, Billingsgate show. Fish Market market was uh, was ready for us but yeah, you think like you kind of forget that like billy's gate has been there for such a long time um mm. down the thames and it's not that far out of uh, central london um mm. that you would get like because obviously they throw the fish heads back into the sea into the into the water um Riff. you would get seals coming up and kind of like and, and this oh. is like only i mean where's billing where's billy's gate it's not miles out it's near canary wharf um yeah, and you'd get kind of um, seals coming up and uh, and grabbing the fish heads and, and, and chomping on them. So, like, it was a really, really interesting Wonderful. day, but it did start at around about uh, four o'clock, which was unwelcome at the best of times. Four o'clock. Oh, my God. Horrible. Horrible. I think five o'clock's bad. What time did we had to get up for the um, – when we went fishing off the coast of Miyagi, we got up at, like, 4 a.m., didn't we? Uh, We'd had no sleep, but but the excitement of being out on 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 the sea. I mean, I think you fared a little worse than I did, but um, with our with our morning sea legs because you drink too much coffee. That's why um, I've yeah. decided uh, it rolls the stomach. Um, yeah, we, we we had to get up pretty early, but we only had like two hours sleep. Um, but but we managed to muscle through. Um, we did. Riotaro was obviously full of the joys of spring, as he always is. <laughs> Riotaro. I mean, Japanese people are just magic. I. Yeah, Japanese people just don't need sleep. I mean, they do, but they also don't. Like, I remember we, I'd go out drinking with my teachers, and often we go drinking till three a.m., four a.m., and then sometimes there'd be school or work the next day, and they just come in and they'd look normal. Whereas I'd be like, just dead, just lying on my desk in a puddle of <laughs> despair, coffee cans laying around me, um, stinking no, so, of booze, stinking of booze. <laughs> a terrible example of a teacher. Um, I yeah, so I, I've been training basically by getting up at 
incrementally earlier times. This morning I got up at 7.30 a.m. Tomorrow it's oh. going to be 6 a.m. And then eventually <laughs> two days after that on Chris. Thursday, it's going to be 5 a.m. Love it. I do it. Absolute jet lag behavior. I know, right? But <laughs> that aside, it's been a good week. I've been studying Japanese. I think I mentioned last week I've been ramping up my Japanese studies just because I... I like studying and I haven't done it for years. I've always had an all or nothing mentality. I'm either all in or not in. And I've decided to go half in and just find (laughs) a little bit of time each day to study. And I've found the greatest way to study Japanese it could possibly ever be. And I think you might know what it is. Uh, And that is, there's there's a Japanese, basically this week, um, Hamako Mori, received a Guinness World Record for being the oldest video game YouTube channel in the world. She's a 90-year-old Japanese woman who plays video games on YouTube to her 300,000 subscribers, and I watched some of her videos, and they're really quite good. There's something quite bizarre (laughs) and hypnotic about watching a 90-year-old woman shoot zombies in Resident Evil. Mm. Uh, have you checked out Hamakomori? Have you seen this? This is just amazing. I have. Well, well, she. Well, well. Obviously, um, the piece that you followed up was from the Guardian. Um, she's. I think she's been on the BBC as well. She's uh, created quite the splash. Um, and and you know, I guess we're getting in that generation where, um, you know, uh, people will 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 be playing video games into their uh, into their dotage, so to speak, into their into their twilight years. And um, I think it's a slightly. I always sort of find with some of this, I sort of go, it's slightly disrespectful to both gamers, gaming, and also old people as well that they wouldn't um, flirt with with, with a bit of videos. But it's lovely to see, as a video game fan myself, it's lovely to see that uh, someone who 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 cares about something and loves something uh, continues to do it into their old age. Because we, I'm of a generation where we watch our parents kind of you know, um, slide into a rather comfortable existence and anything mm. that they, um, like my mum does nothing. Like she, bless her, like she, she, she was a talented painter. She, she was this, um, charismatic, uh, woman. And, and, and as she seems to get older, she's become this kind of housebound kind of doesn't want to really do anything kind of, kind of, mm. kind of person. And, and, and I speak with a lot of my friends and, and a lot of my friends have similar sort of situations where our parents, become comfortable and they don't um start anything new they don't find anything new to do so i mean this may have been a i mean as as, as i think you're going to explain this is a lifelong um uh love of of video games for her for some 30 30 years or so um but it would be amazing if my mum at 70 odds got uh, no she's 60 yeah she might be under 70 actually yeah she's under 70 (laughs) Uh, terrible to not know that isn't it (laughs) i know it's like 70 that sounds a bit hot like i've overcooked this grenade um i'm gonna get in trouble for um yeah it would be nice to sort of see my mum like get into video games i'd love it to sort of get involved in like a bit of animal crossing or something just to sort of ease ease her in and have something to do Mm. that's not just watching television that's not just worrying about you know whether i'm catching covid or my i'm up to date with my asthma medication or or worry like some days she'll just stay in all day waiting for the postman um and it's like like it's time geez, spent playing Grand Theft Auto or Skyrim I think so get involved in uh Hyrule or uh I don't know yeah Liberty City <laughs> smashing people up in Liberty City it's it, I'd like it to sort of um be more like Hamakamori the game of grandma <laughs> I remember I spent like three days trying to get my gran to switch on the iPad and she just forget every day and I was just like okay <laughs> Let's just not use the iPad. Just forget the iPad. Um, don't mm. don't do that. But yeah, I mean, Hamakamori had an early start. It wasn't the case that she kind of picked it up while she was already elderly. She picked it up in 1981. She got a cassette vision, her first games console. Ooh. I don't even know what that is, P. What's a cassette no. vision? Do you know? 
I've not got a Blumberg. It's probably one of those kind of like really unlovable pre-Atari um, video game breakdown things. I'm, I'm good. I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a Google cassette vision. <laughs> See what it looks that. like. I will talk about her story. So basically, yeah, from the eighties, she picked up the old uh, cassette vision, and she's been playing ever since the last kind of forty years. And her favourite games apparently are the aforementioned Grand Theft Auto and Skyrim. Uh, her reasons for enjoying gaming. She says you can do whatever you want to in a game, describing them as a motivation in life. Um, she used to yeah. swim until the age of 80, and then she kind of had to stop doing that. But she plays every day for three hours and streams it on YouTube for the world to see. She's got a pretty loyal following. Like, it's not a channel that people subscribe to and forget. It's a channel that people actually do watch. And mm. I can see why. Like, I remember I, the first video I watched of her, she was walking through, like, an abandoned building on Resident Evil 3, which hmm. is so scary that not even I can play that. Gets scared on Resident <laughs> Evil. And she, she picks up an assault rifle and she says like, ah, Korewa, assault rifle down there. It's an assault <laughs> rifle. And she's like, the zombie comes out and she just casually throws a grenade at it and it blows up. And she does it with such skill and precision. Like, that's the thing. She's really good at it. It's not right. like she's actually better than most people, most normal people. And that's what makes her so special. Um, as well as people. Or <laughs> just like normal gamers, right? The casual yeah. gamer. She's way better yeah. than I am, um, which is incredible. <laughs> and she's apparently eagerly awaiting the release of the PlayStation 5 due to hit shops later this year. But she also says it's safer to play at home rather than going out as well. Obviously, in her old yeah. kind of fragile age, going out can be a bit daunting. <laughs> and she just finds solace so. and escape in video games. I, I, I like the fact beautiful. that she's on, on the PlayStation 5. Um, uh, this is obviously coming out later this year. She, she, she said, her quote was, it's seriously preoccupying me, she said. I want one. I really do. I mean, Sony, like you, Sony, like that. She has to be number one on delivery. Like she has to be number one on. Um, it's a PR goal. It's a PR. It's it's a spot kick. It's a penalty. It's it's a tap in. Just get that woman the first PlayStation uh, Five. It's going to be in the shop. It's 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 just so easy. Get her one now. Presumably they're already building them. That would be the greatest PR stunt ever, though. Having Hamakomori like. And a cap- advertising campaign like playing away, like that'd be so cool. <laughs> uh, way more kind of unconventional, memorable than just a normal gamer. Um, yeah, but no, really cool story. Um, really, quite made my day reading that, and it's quite nice because obviously um, a few weeks ago we talked about how Kagawa Prefecture uh, is implementing rules where kids can only play for an hour on weekdays, mm. ninety minutes on weekends, um, which is a bit depressing. Like kids playing video games, having a limit on that is a little bit authoritarian, a little bit scary. feels like the local government of Kagawa is overstepping the mark a bit. And obviously, the, uh, the, uh, as we mentioned, I think last week or the week before, the people of Kagawa are fighting back against that, and rightly so, because that is a bit ridiculous. So Hamakomori needs to be sent down to Kagawa Prefecture to educate the lawmakers on what not to do. <laughs> For sure, that's that's. I do. I really like the. Um, I really like how how lovely her hair is. Like she's got her <laughs> hair kind of like it's tied up. She looks like a librarian, but but she's blasting zombies in the face. She's the best grandma. <laughs> she's very nice and polite. She like bows if you look at her in video. She's very nice and friendly and calm and polite. <laughs> and she picks up that controller and she blows people's heads off like no tomorrow. Nice. It's such a brilliant contrast of character. I love it. <laughs> Just go and film her. Very enjoyable. Put it on the YouTube channel. Get on abroad in Japan. Yeah, don't worry. Damn right. Next stop, New Zealand television. That's what <sighs> I'm saying. I'm not. 
But yeah, fair play to her. Awesome. Check her mm. out. Um, her YouTube channel is called... Uh, oh, God, what is her YouTube channel called? Didn't actually write that down. Is it just Gamer Grandma? Yeah, like, I, I think if you just Google Gamer Grandma, she'll, she'll come up because she's yeah, everywhere at the moment. I'll look it up. Uh, it is, yeah, Gamer Grandma. It's in English as well. And you can see her in the corner of the screen sitting happily at her computer desk as she blows people up. Wonderful stuff. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. He just says, how many holes does a straw have? Zero, one, or two? The internet can't figure it out, so I've done what any sane person would do. Ask the Luke and the Pete. Join me, Pete Donaldson, and Luke Moore for an unplanned half hour every Monday and Thursday as we talk about, well, anything really, from your emails to life's great mysteries to this guy. The noise you're going to hear sounds like a man being interrupted by a car. He isn't being interrupted by the car. He is making yes. the car sound. <laughs> How on earth is he doing that? How does he make that noise? Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beep, 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 beep. The Luke and Pete Show is a Stakhanov production. And now we turn our attention, ladies and gentlemen, to the fax machine, to your questions and stories. What have we got this week, Mr. Donaldson? 
We've got one from Evan from Missouri, which is a lovely part of the world. Stop eating your crisps, you oh. filth bag. Chris and Vates. I've loved hearing the stories about people met with generosity and kindness while in Japan, so I thought I'd share one of my own. In Nagano, in, uh, on Nagano, in a, uh, on a weekend trip, my friends and I found a bar. The kind of bar that's just down some stairs and had a very small wooden sign in English, but no other indications. It was very classy and we felt a bit out of place, so we were only going to stay for one drink. That is the problem with some Japanese bars I find the um, lighting is very subdued the um, conversation is very uh, quiet and understated and they serve really fancy drinks and you feel it, you know you get given your towel and you get you feel very sort of like I shouldn't be in here this is too nice for me towel. what do you reckon Chris <laughs> I do like it's it so nice it I, is just, lovely, I quite like the escape. They always have jazz music on in the background, don't they? You kind of you, you go in, you have your whiskey, you listen to the jazz music quietly. They're not the greatest social places, though. No, um, no. which is why this story gets a whole lot better. <laughs> a tired-looking Japanese man at the bar asked us where we were from and asked if we'd ever, ever tried the good Japanese grapes. <laughs> <laughs> he then proceeded to order uh, some of them for us to try for no less than 8,500 yen for a oh twig with God. fruit on it. Um, it was no doubt the best grape I'd ever had, uh, but my uh, wallet wept at the price tag. How much was it? $60, $70? About, about $80 or about $60 for Jiminy Cricket. For Jiminy Cricket. Um, yeah, so my wallet swept at the price tag. He then picked up the tab and told us to have fun in Japan. <laughs> That's nice. Three, three really expensive grapes. Uh, have either of you tried the good Japanese grapes? Japan is a lovely country with wonderful people. Thank you for sharing that side of Japan. Brilliant. <laughs> Enjoyable. I don't know if I've had the good grapes on that level, like $80 grapes. Um, I mean, they're typically given just as a gift, aren't they? They're kind of given mm. as omiyage to people you traveling to see or friends and family for birthdays um i have had some grapes that were only merely 40 dollars, about four thousand yen and they were good they're very perfectly round they're very big you bite into it it kind of explodes in the sea of grape juice and they're rather good and then obviously um watermelons lots of watermelons in japan that uh, the most expensive watermelon was like 200 dollars mm. like niman n um we filmed strawberries, didn't we, for a documentary back in February where the strawberries were like $50. So Japan has a big history of expensive fruit. And <laughs> I am sad that I've never had the good Japanese grapes. Have you? I love the way that's what he branded them as, the good Japanese grapes. It sounds like um, it sounds something not like something naughty. Have you tried the forbidden grapes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had it's the good grapes. A bit, it's a bit biblical, isn't it? Have you ever had any any kind of... Like nice, no, big, I, juicy. I, I went to I, I went to uh, um, um, not Kufo. Yeah, it's Kufo. Kofu, and uh, and I think I've mentioned that place before a few times because the football team that I like is there. And I on the way back bought what I thought was some grapes, um, and they look really expensive. And then I bought the grapes, and they were like they were like a tenner, and I was like, okay, right, fine. Yeah, um, and then I got on the train, and I realised that they weren't grapes um, because <sighs> the top of every grape had this little metal kind of seal on it, and I was like, what the hell is that? It was actually just a load of um, basically condoms filled with um, fruit jelly, fruit, fruit, um, yeah, fruit jelly, fruit jam, sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I spent the rest of the uh, trip. The two-hour train journey back to uh, Tokyo, uh, just eating <laughs> jelly. Effectively <laughs> eating jam in condoms. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. it was. Uh, it was a little much. They're really big bad. on jelly here. Like every um, 
supermarket, the grocery section, you've got the fruit, and then like nestled either above or next to the fruit, you've got these big like loads of jelly everywhere. They love it, absolutely love it. Maybe because bring on the jelly. Maybe elderly people can eat jelly because it's good for your mouth. <laughs> you I don't know. Great for your gaming but, life. But yeah. <laughs> Hanukkah loves it. Um, <laughs> I got one from Justin. He says, hi, Chris and Pete. I, <laughs> I've been a huge fan of your YouTube channel for years. I can't get enough of the sarcastic British humor, Chris. I was wondering if you've ever thought of doing a series comparing the similarities or differences between stores in Japan and England. For instance, Pete could be checking out the menu in KFC in London and Chris could be doing the same in a KFC in Tokyo. I've always been interested in the quirky items that Japan has that that UK stores do not. Uh, Thanks for keeping me entertained all these years. Justin from Derby in England. Um, I mean, Japan KFC is actually a little bit shit. I find it's never that satisfying. It's quite expensive. It's like twice the price of UK KFC. Um, they're missing mm. key items like gravy. KFC that gravy, it's a sin. And I just the only time it's good is at Christmas when you get the KFC Christmas menu, which costs almost as much as the good grapes. It costs about eight eight thousand yen on eighty dollars. So um no, I've never really been a fan. I kind of avoid KFC in Japan. But I yeah, we could up we could be up, could do it. What do you reckon? KFC yeah. in Japan, have you but done I- it? KFC in Japan. Um, yes, I have. I, I was sort of hankering for um, spicy wings. It, it, look, it, kids, um, it's a gateway drug to uh, a big fat belly. If, if you, I, I got to about twenty five and I'd never had a KFC, and um, I indulged Shocking. in spicy wings and never went, never went, never looked back, never went back. <laughs> and um, my body composition has changed completely um, from a uh, skinny little boy to um, skinny little boy with a bit of a belly. So I look like a little frog boy. Um, so all I'm saying is kids don't, don't <laughs> indulge in the forbidden, um, the forbidden naughty fruit that is <laughs> KFC. <laughs> we could do a one-off though. We could do a one-off. Yeah. Um, Japan, the KFC in Japan, some branches do have all you can eat. Which is formidable oh, and on. dangerous <laughs> to your diet. Um, if, it's, if KFC is your gateway drug, the KFC or you can meet menu is just the end of that gateway because there ain't no way you're coming out of that restaurant alive after all that chicken shoved down yeah. your mouth. I've thought about going and taking that skin, doing like a challenge video, given people seem to love that. Oh, lovely, yes. So, could be the end of yeah, that skin. I- the, the the one in uh, if you've ever been to Kentish Town, uh, London Denizens, uh, mm. I heartily recommend Dead, uh, the place Sam's Chicken Chicken, um, which used to do ten maybe twelve spicy wings and two servings of fries for like three quid. It was incredible, and and again, that, 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 it's nowhere nowhere to live, nowhere to live your life. You will die. <laughs> no, I feel hungry. The uh, the salted egg flavour crisps just aren't doing it for me. I need some real yeah, chicken. Not good. Not good. Uh, we've got, no, we've got an email from, from... Oh, sorry, mate. No, you, you do it. I'm going to eat some crisps. Oh, all right, mate. Uh, Callum. Callum. Hi, Christian Coolish Man. Stop ruining my email. Uh, hi, Christian <laughs> Coolish Man. I was on the Abroad Japan website binge-watching the content on learning Japanese, and in the video, speaking Japanese in flu- uh, fluently in six months. Chris, you said to think of speaking Japanese all the time. Uh, does that mean you actually think and speak in Japanese all the time? And it made me wonder, do you think in Japanese? Um a little bit of a confusing email, Callum, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and uh, decipher it. Um, it's good to think and speak in Japanese all the time. Do you think and speak in Japanese? <laughs> Is it more frequently that you, you think in Japanese than you do English, Chris? Uh, Callum wants to know, and I would also like to know. Um, 
I do think in Japanese. I've had quite a few dreams as well. I just I'm talking in Japanese, <gasps> which is quite a surreal wow. experience. That's cool. It is cool, isn't it? It took oh, me a year cool. to have my first Japanese dream. Japanese dream. And it was really boring. It was like, Nekko ski this. I like cats. I'm hungry. How do I hit this? Like, it, was, it was really boring. But it was a dream in Japanese, I'd, nonetheless. Well, I, I dreamt that I, I was in a swimming pool with, um, and there was two Japanese children speaking in, in, in Japanese, and I mm. tested my arm. Um, <clears throat> so to speak, um, with uh, that sounded bad. Um, I basically just started uh, doing all of the rudimentary, um, you know, uh, tourist Japanese that I knew uh, mm. to try and impress them. Uh, and then their father went, came over, and said, uh, "They don't know what you're saying." I was like, "Cool, <laughs> cool. What a cool dream." Brilliant. I'm glad that my um, psyche hates me. <laughs> oh dear. I mean, I my friend who speaks Japanese to a native speaker level, and he's been here, I think, 10 years, he told me mm. the greatest advice he told me was just think in Japanese when you're walking down the street. Um, you know, don't look at every object around you and every sentence you want to create in English. Just think, how would you say that in Japanese? And that's what I've been doing recently. And it's been quite effective because mm. I'll look at something and go, oh, how do you say that? And then I won't know. So I'll look up some words in the dictionary. I'll learn something new and then off I go. So... It's good to think in Japanese. It's good to be proactive. I think it's the only way you can truly, uh, you know, pick up a language quickly. Because if I don't get to talk to that many people throughout the day, given all the things I'm doing, so I don't get to mm. test out my Japanese as much. So just by trying to think in Japanese, you can, you know, think, you think a lot more than you speak out loud. So it just really yeah. accelerates your fluency, I think. So yeah, yeah good tip sure. and a good question, Callum. Thank you very much. Uh, we've got one. From Chris. Well, that's a good name. Hey, Ooh. Chris and Pete. Hope, you do, hope you're both doing well and are staying safe and healthy. With your experiences of Japan and its culture, I was wondering what major differences you both saw between the lives of family, uh, families and raising children in Japan and back in the UK. If you were to compare them, would you prefer to raise a family in Japan or the UK? Or what do you think Japan does well for its youth that the UK could learn from? From what I've seen... And after growing up in both the UK and Asia, I get the impression that I'd rather have a child who grows up in the Japanese system rather than the British system. But I wonder if there are certain allusions to this. All the best, Chris. That's a good question. Any thoughts on that, Pete? Yeah, I don't know. Not I mean, much. I think the, um, the the Japanese system you would probably characterise as being one that uh, doesn't exactly celebrate the individual mm. <laughs> and very focused on um, testing and stuff like that. Um, but I guess the British system is also kind of getting into that uh, well, I category think... with the testing, if not. Um, I think I think you are more likely to be left behind in mm. both systems. Uh, you're quite likely to get, get left behind in both systems because, um, you know, Things are sometimes a little bit difficult, but I don't, I don't know, man. I'm I, I'm glad I don't have to make decisions um, about someone else's life and someone I care about a, a lot. Um, I just have to look after my own shit, and that's hard enough <laughs> most days. Well, my thoughts on that. I mean, I, obviously, I did work in the school for three years, and I'm quite mm. well acquainted with the Japanese education system, and I do find it crushes individual individuality and creativity. And I just, even though I don't intend to have kids. I don't think I would put them through the Japanese state school system. If I did ever have kids in Japan, which I won't, I would put them through international school where you get the best of both worlds. You know, you're living in Japan, but you're kind of using English a lot more in classes. So you could be brought up fluently, basically. Um, but no, I just find just, I don't know. I just don't like the way Japan, Japan prepares students for Japan really well. Right. Once you go through the Japanese mm. education system, you are a model citizen. 
you know all the rules, you know uh, how to behave, you're very good at etiquette, well-behaved typically. But take a Japanese student out of Japan and I think they'll find the world a very difficult place uh, because things aren't quite as utopian as Japan when it comes to crime and safety and everything like that. And I just think the UK prepares you for the world. Like, you know, in the UK, we're good at traveling around the world and moving to different places and adapting. And I think that's because the education system does foster individuality a bit more and creativity a bit more. Um, But that's a good topic, a big topic for another day. And I'm sure lots of people have opinions on that. But that's just my thoughts. But the fundamental thing you need to take away from this is I'm not having kids. So I don't need to worry about that. (laughs) 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 Got one from Sam says, dear Chris and Pete, I'm Sam from London. Wow. You've been to London. It's good, isn't it? Uh, I have a quick question. Following on from Elizabeth's question last week on names. Oh, that's right. Elizabeth. Another Elizabeth last week sent a question. She's coming to Japan to teach. Didn't know what to call herself, whether she should call herself Beth or Elizabeth. And we said Beth because that's the nickname she chose for herself. And Elizabeth is a bit long. Um, Same way I don't call myself Christopher in Japan. It's Kurisu. Um, I'll be looking to do the JET program next year, the Japan Exchange Teaching Program. But I don't know how I would introduce myself to students. Chris, as an ALT, did you ever introduce yourself as Senpai, Sensei, or just Chris Sam? Keep up the good work and uh, look forward to more in the future. Um, Sam from Leighton. Um, have you ever referred to yourself as Senpai, Pete? Do you know what Senpai is? <laughs> no. You definitely no, it, uh, Well, I guess it's teacher, but um, I uh, there's, remember that guy who was like, I think he's in the queue for some kind of Comic-Con sort of thing, and um, a TV station interviewed him, and mm. he noticed me Senpai guy. Noticed me Senpai. <laughs> So it's mysterious kind of uh, chin beard goth kind of chap who does these kind of like long speeches. He's become this kind of like internet meme. Um, so every time I hear the word senpai, I always think of, notice me senpai, man. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, that yeah, it's everywhere. My friend Joey, the anime man, he, uh, he uses that a lot. It's part of anime culture, the overuse of senpai. Mm. Uh, senpai, kohai. Senpai just means elder. Kohai means junior, basically. Um, mm. Just as you're, you're technically my senpai because you're older than me and therefore wiser. But yes, that remains to be seen. Finally, doesn't it? finally. Don't well, Chris, I will say I, I didn't. I've not started my day by eating a load of egg crisps, and you are very much <laughs> f- finishing. You're putting the full stop on your day by drinking, no doubt, a lot of coffee, canned coffee, and, and, and eating egg crisps. So, well, I think I should uh, bring you into the light and give you the wisdom of my loins, so to speak. <laughs> Bring my brain lines. Brilliant. <laughs> well, I'm not going to finish these. I've only had a few crisps. I, I mean, I've had like three crisps in the last half hour. They don't an hour sound great. <laughs> and I won't be finishing them. And to answer Sam's question, you just, I just referred to myself as Chris. You don't really call yourself senpai or sensei. Like you wouldn't say, I'm Chris sensei because it's mm. a little bit obnoxious, right? People, don't, You're basically saying, I'm the master. I'm brilliant. So you just say like, oh, Chris, I'm Chris. Chris of this. That's it. The peak right. sensei. Other people can refer to you as a senpai, a sensei, uh, or San, but to yourself, it has to just be Chris or your name, you know. <laughs> but I might refer to you as Pete Sensei from now on. Yes, please. You, yes, you please. Confirmed Not- Nihonophile and <laughs> sensei, general sensei man. Perfect. I like it. Title. Perfect. You- so sorely deserve. Keep the comments, <laughs> questions, stories coming in to abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. 
We'll be back same time next week to do it all over again, guys. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, stay safe, take care, and we'll be back next Wednesday to do it all over again on the Born Japan podcast. Have a good one. Stop eating those crisps. I'm hungry. Filth. production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.